Basically, like, here's what I know about it, is that, like, there's people in your family that are, like, religious and whatnot, and they were and they were kind of hoping that you would take this path, and you were on this path for a while, right? And oh, like, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, now you've kind of, like, like, not 180, because as far as I, like, you're still a God believer, but, like, it's a totally different understanding of what God means than, like, how you were initially, like, I don't know what, I mean, you use the word groomed, but, like, yeah, I, yeah, you said it. Well, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's bizarre because my only spiritual outlet like i've always been an innately spiritual person but my only spiritual outlet was um you know literally every word in the bible it wasn't up for interpretation it was exact truth like there wasn't any room for interpretation if it, if it said that god created the world in literally six days and rested on the seventh it meant that like it actively meant that somehow even before the earth was created and before we started measuring time based on the rotation of the planet that literally god just took six days and then rested on the seventh and a lot of it was always jarring to me it didn't really sit well but i was a good little boy and i was like you know maybe one day i'll get it but i started learning more about science and this and that by the time i was 14 i'd read the bible cover to cover four times oh shit and i've read revelations probably like a hundred times daniel a bunch of times job a bunch of times there's certain books that stand genesis uh stand out to me and what i started to realize was that holy shit you know we're christians but jews wrote this book right and if i don't understand what they're talking about, you know, in Revelations is all kinds of numbers and symbols and, and, you know, really esoteric, uh, symbolism. And if I don't understand like what they mean by this, how could I possibly ever understand this book? Because do I think like some, you know, 10 headed dragon with bunches of horns and crowns literally coming up out of the ocean? Like, is that really, really what the apocalypse means it's it's absolutely not and so i started studying like hebrew mysticism kabbalah um the essene text the dead sea scroll text and the apocrypha probably most important the apocrypha why, why, why did you jump to the sort of esoteric and mysticism side as a part of like just strictly judaism and, like orthodox like jew like what jews learn well it's not yeah it's not it's not what most of them learn and study it's a it's a kind of secret school it's right it's in the background it's um you know if you're going to take you know, Jesus to be a real character and he's out there schooling Pharisees and Sadducees and knowing all kinds of crazy stuff and then disappears for 18 years. You got to wonder, you know, where where did he go? If you're going to believe this individual was real and there are some interesting things like I, I'm open to the possibility that he wasn't, but it's just so prevalent that it's hard to deny. But I, I, he comes back with yeah the the last mention of him in the New Testament before he turns thirty is um, whenever he is schooling the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he's gone for eighteen years, and then he comes back at age thirty, starts his ministry. His ministry lasts three years, 
And by the way, he never oh, said. We know him as like a child, and then we know him as like an adult. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it, wasn't it's like gone. Studying to be a carpenter or some shit. Well, he was a carpenter. I never read the Bible. I just want to say that right All now. All right. So yeah. I've read Matthew once a long time ago, and that's it. That's gotcha. Cool. So you have to understand when I say these things. It's, no, it, I mean, and it's, I really don't know. Well, it's important to cover it too, in yeah. case you know anybody else doesn't know. It's it's actually beneficial. So. Yeah, he he was he was a carpenter. So you see, when you see these like emaciated images of Jesus on a cross, and he looks like, he, you know, he just got out of some sort of internment camp or something. Uh, it, it's that that's highly unlikely and completely inaccurate. He was a carpenter. Dude worked with wood all day. He was he was serious. He took his. Um, "Quote unquote father's trade," you know. Um, yeah, he probably would have been yoked, and I mean, the shrouded turn actually shows that. Uh, you know, when you see the shrouded turn, people think, "Okay, he looks, he does look really emaciated and skinny," uh, but they're not taking consideration that when you drape that over a three-dimensional body that matches the relativistic size and shape of this man, it actually has a 3D image on it. Uh, you can extrapolate three-dimensional parameters from a two-dimensional cloth, and you couldn't paint this on the cloth with a human hair, just dabbing it with a human hair. There, there is. It's, but there's a lot to his physicality that it's like if you're gonna draw the line that the fact that he's skinny, it's like first of all, most people think he was white. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's like where do we even begin with that? I know, I know, I know, I know. It's so bizarre to me. I don't know where people get these ideas that. That you know, he's like some uh, blue-eyed, you know, innocent little. Exactly. Like, Shove down we their throats. Want to look like us. We want to belong to our culture. Absolutely, and it, it's it is gross, and that's that's part of the reason why I started studying these things because I realized what the fuck do we know? I mean, this book has been translated from ancient Hebrew into Aramaic into Greek into Latin and into English and anybody that's ever played the telephone game knows how that works let alone I mean just take a take a sentence right now and put it into Google Translate in lots of other languages and you'll get nonsense you'll be like you know or or take a, a sentence in another language and put it into Google Translate. Well, you gotta, you gotta take into time into consideration too that this was like 2,000 years ago. It's exactly. Like, it's translated over like centuries. Like, it's like like many, many centuries. It's like, yeah, like not only so many different languages, but like so many different eras. And it's like, of course, it's been convoluted. That's one of the big things about when they, they use the word heavens in the King James Version of the Bible. That, that'd be equivalent most of the time to saying sky right now just sky mm. and, and i mean that's just one of many there's so many things and you, you can go back and look and there are some things where you could okay so like um you know the apple was supposed to be in the garden of eden if you go back to the original language apple and red were the same just like our orange and orange were the same mm. so, so what you know it, it wasn't necessarily fruit no and I mean, there's a bunch of other things that are like either mistranslated or poorly translated. They should have like parentheses around a lot of these words that say, oh, or this, or this. But I just want to know, like, when you say you were groomed to be a pastor, like, what exactly yeah. does that mean? Oh, okay. Um, because this is like what you're saying now is like blasphemous to a pastor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I, yeah. I gotta know when that happened. Well, you know, I remember being like five years old and asking my grandfather, uh, 
you know, where did Cain's wife come from? And also asking him, humans are created, you know, well, not asking him, telling him, humans are created twice in Genesis. And I, I could pull out my phone and actually read the passages, like, but the point is, is that I went to church, I went to Sunday school, I went to um, this like after school kind of club where I memorized Bible verses. I uh, was, you know, put into like, you know, because you got like little kids class, the middle kids class and the older class. And then you got like the sermon upstairs, you know, the adult Sunday school. This is just how my church worked. Adult Sunday school before the sermon that everybody listens to. I got put into the higher things a lot. And my grandfather had a lot of hope for me. Um, and the problem is, is that by them encouraging me... So wait, was your grandfather a pastor or he just really looked up to pastors? No, he was a pastor. Oh, okay. he, uh, I mean, he still is technically. Uh, church you went to? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, like, so I'm... It was like your church. Like, yeah. I'm technically your, an or, yeah. ordained minister. Oh, I can okay. I can marry people. So, like... Uh, but the the thing is, is like the more they encouraged me to study this stuff, the more questions I had. Of course. And, and they didn't want to answer it. Somehow, I don't understand how people do this, where they realize something really, really profound, and then they put themselves in this, like, box, where they're like, okay, well, you know... This is what it says. I'm not going to like wonder what this actually means or what they're talking about. Because when you accept, like, and these people that I grew up with fully accepted every single word of the Bible. That it was, it was all written by God and delivered through man and all of this stuff. And that none of, none of the people that translated it... Yeah, right. I know, I know. Like, I learned about the Council of Nicaea. I learned that the Catholic Church, when they co-opted it, just threw out a bunch of books that they didn't like because it had too much information in it that wasn't, uh, you know, jiving with their uh, their interpretation, their theory. It's more of like their doctrines, their dogma. They, they, the Bible has been used to control people, of course, for millennia. But it's well, I still. Think you, you can say the same thing about pretty much all organized. Oh, religions. absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm not just. I'm not just ragging on it. Like the, the. What I was about to say is the other side of it is that there is an enormous amount of wisdom and truth in the Bible. Um, I mean. Uh, oh, in, in, in almost any spiritual text. I think yeah. There's actually like a lot of wisdom because it's a lot of people coming together and and deciding on morals based on a history. So it's like no matter what, like like. That's when you say like they, they follow every word as absolute truth. I think yeah, that's, that's where the problem is. If you look, no, absolutely. Yeah. If you look at it as, and this is coming from a guy who, I mean, I off and on I did go to church growing up, but like, but like never like subscribed to one fully. And none of my family did, so it wasn't like I, yeah. So I'm not saying that I really came to this conclusion on my own. I was definitely led to this, but yeah, just, just the idea that that like if you look at it as, um, most of the metaphysical spiritual shit as. Uh, metaphors. What what's left are the morals, and there's nothing wrong with those morals. And and when you, and especially when you place them within the culture and the time, yeah. it's like, of course, this makes sense. It's when like the the issues come when people take it too seriously, or not even that. It's when they take it too seriously to the point of manipulating others, which happens 
all the time, all too frequently in really grotesque ways. But that's kind of another conversation. <laughs> but I mean, but it's it's completely accurate, yeah. and that and that's absolutely how it's been used. And and that's the thing is when I started studying like other spiritual traditions and dispositions, I found that there's this element of truth that runs through all of it. It's just you look at the culture at the time, you look at how these people interacted with each other and what they believed in and you just see it through this lens but there is this element of truth i feel like this thread of truth that runs through all of it that you know um is that the, the morals or well part part of it's the morals some like in some even some of the morals like i know that there's a passage in the bible that tells you how to treat your slaves all right Let's, Let's uh, uh <laughs> I mean but there's so much shit that is just fascist crazy in the Bible. Like, yeah, exactly. Like sorry, just I know I know some people like, like when you hear alternative beliefs, you're open to like hearing that out to like understand another person. Whereas a lot of Christians are like hear a different belief and they're like, Okay, but that's wrong. Like that's that's inaccurate. Okay, okay so, so I guess, guess Okay, I'm steering it because I don't want to. I don't want to rag. I don't want this to be like shitting on super Christian people. Because it's not. Like Christianity is great. I don't think you are. I really don't think you are. You're just you're bringing up a valid point. And whenever I say, I mean, I was groomed. It just means that it was this was shoved down my throat. Right. To the point where I realized. Were they disappointed that you didn't become a pastor? Oh uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I had kind of poor inter like relations with my family for a while because I like smoking weed and drinking and right. stuff and it never never did you ever find anything like that in any one of my family gatherings on my mom's side right um, and that's that's you know the, the the people I grew up with for the most part and my dad's side couldn't be more opposite but it, it was just more of they just you know that they knew I was very bright and even even my great-grandmother on my dad's side told me that I was either gonna grow up to be a pastor or politician and i remember i was three years old and i told her no i don't think either <laughs> well it's interesting because you are neither but you you have a gospel you spread oh absolutely and so it's almost like like not i wouldn't call it a platform like a politician and i wouldn't even really call it a gospel like like you have your own organized religion but you're definitely uh I do have an ideology. Like, like, like there's, there's a reason, reason why, why we're sitting here and we do this. Right. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? like, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, guess, I guess. I guess. So so, so speaking, speaking about, about like Orthodox Christians, I guess as you were raised as one and have now departed so, so drastically, like, like not again, again not, not a 180 like, because there's always a common thread of God, and we'll get into that and what that means later. So not a 180, but like a pretty drastic shift, and I guess like like looking at. The people who raised you, and, and I don't know them, obviously, but I do know certain people who are, like, very Christian. And I guess, like, basically, if you are against, or not even against, but follow something other than the Jesus Christ narrative in particular, oh, yeah. you're, you're, spe you're um, spreading a blasphemous gospel. Oh, yeah. And as somebody who was raised in that culture, how do you grapple with that? Do you have any guilt about that? About, like... like Absolutely not. Okay. I have, a, I have guilt, like about the fact that I can't get more people to open up their fucking eyes. Because, like, I, I could say that I'm a Christian because there are tenets that I believe in the Bible that define me as such. But I could also easily say that I'm a Buddhist or I'm a Hindu or I'm a Hermeticist, an alchemist, a, a Satanist. Even, the, even the, the tenets, like, anybody listening to this, I am not, like sacrificing people or doing anything stupid or crazy like that. I'm just saying, like, 
go and look up the the tenets to the satanic church. And if you don't agree with those tenets, I have concerns about you. Yeah. All right. Like we have no, this. I, I don't know the tenets of the satanist church, but I, let's let's look it up. I would love to. But I, I just want to say, like, while we're on the topic, that um, I've been thinking a lot about Satanism. Yeah. Like, here's the deal about about Satanism is I just feel like really, really Christian people. And I really don't mean this as an insult because I'm like, again, like, here, here's what I believe. As I, I feel like anything that helps you uh, get through this crazy fucking journey of suffering that we're all on together, uh, distracting ourselves from death. Like we're all doing that. Whatever helps you do that crazy shit that we're all doing right now, uh, I'm so supportive of. And I know that that's blasphemous to a Christian because a Christian doesn't believe that this is just like they believe that like this is just one small short test that we take for an eternity of happiness or suffering, which is fucking crazy. Anyway, <laughs> why, why, would, no why would something be structured that way? It's right, like the whole thing makes no. I'm so sorry. All right. I gotta stop apologizing to Christians because at this point, if they really, really, really believe that, they probably stop listening. Yeah, they probably like, did. So I gotta stop. <laughs> they probably. I did. gotta stop. But like, <laughs> but like, uh, but like, here, here's here's my if on Satanism, and 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 I've been thinking about this a lot is because I I, I talk to these Orthodox Christians, and to me, and I'm so sorry because I, you gotta understand, like this is gonna sound mean and judgmental, but I, I if if you, if you talk to me, I could explain it better. But like. Your puppets, man. Like, yeah. like, like it's such a strict rule book. Yeah. To make it to heaven, it is such a strict rule book, and they'll and they'll say no, and and specifically, and then there's some churches that are like, no, 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 like, like, like we welcome everybody, like we teach this and that and the other, and we're very open minded. But then the really orthodox Christians will say that that's blasphemous, and those are false prophets, and there's a place in hell for false prophets. Yeah. So, so that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, I'm talking about the orthodox, like, like the Christian of the Christians. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about in particular. Yeah. And it's such a narrow guideline, and the, when when you take into account the Old Testament and the New Testament, that's what I'm talking about. The New Age Christians are blasphemous, according to most Christians. So, <laughs> exactly. I know, so basically, my thing on Satanism is like, Satanism is, and I don't know, like, you know much more about Satanism than I do. This is just me coming to this, like, on my own. So maybe this isn't really what Satanism teaches or whatever. But in what I've thought of it is against God is like, any step away from this uh, is a step towards Lucifer because Lucifer's in our rum right here. Lucifer's, <laughs> right. In, Lucifer's in like like lustful women. My vape Lucifer's pen. In, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. So Lucifer is any step away from this path. But to me, what that is 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 critical thinking. That's saying like that's saying like who is God to tell me what I can and can't do? Right? Like like it's it's so so Satan is not the god of evil. Satan is the god of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like like here here's what I really thought of. That's what the Gnostics believed. Is that like that the serpent in the Garden of Eden was the liberator and Yahweh, you know, Yod Hey Vav Hey Jehovah Adonai, whatever you want to call him, he was the bad guy because what kind of like judgmental? Um, what just God like, would say to not eat a fruit? Yeah, right. <laughs> and just like just like judgmental, awful person, uh, you know that that is so insecure. That you must believe in him, or you're damned to an eternity of suffering. Like we live Who's in a the evil one, right? Yeah. Not God, <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, not not like, Satan, not Satan, yeah, or Lucifer, or whatever. Well, but. So, so here's my thing: is that here's what I came to, and I was really high when I was thinking about this. So maybe it's stupid, but but they say you have to follow this very tight, narrow pathway. And again, some Christians don't think it's that narrow, but I'm talking about the Christian of the Christians. 
And any step away from that is a step towards hell. But Lucifer is the farthest step away from that as you can get. He's polar opposite. He does not suffer in hell. Does he? <laughs> he rules over it, right. supposedly. So, but... so, so it makes me think that if you follow his steps enough, there's a place for you in hell beyond suffering. There is a hell beyond suffering, right? There is a hell where if you, if you are thinking critically enough and saying, who am I to, to follow these commandments because of this guy or who am I to do this? You're following Satan. And why would he, why would he punish you for that? Why would Satan punish you? Why would Lucifer punish you for that? He wouldn't, right? Like, like I, I'm doing what you did. You're a fallen. You're a fall, You're an archangel. Yeah. What do you mean? I did exactly what you did. How? Why would you punish me for turn? You know how long eternity is? Right. <laughs> you can't even. I've been doing this like 23 years. You know how long eternity is? Like so fucking long. Like I deserve eternity for thinking for doing exactly what Lucifer did. There's yeah. no way. Like there's no way. No. There's it, no way. That was so you pulled up the 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 and, tenets. And yeah. I, I've I've done no formal reading about Satanism. So I, this is just me being high and, and thinking. So. This is just from uh, the, the Satanic Temple. These are their tenets. And, and I mean, there are crazy people out there. I'm not endorsing or condoning uh, uh, you, you know, any sort of ritualistic sacrifice, any sort of any of deeds. People? That, yeah, or, or people or anything, really. Like, we, we, you don't need to do that. Come on. Like, this is not an endorsement Where, like, people are like killing animals and shit or and, yeah the, people do do that and like that's fucked up to me because yeah, I don't like but that at all. from from the temple uh, the t- uh, first tenet is one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason ten- tenet number See, 2 so it's surrounding critical thinking yeah yeah <laughs> tenet number 2 the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions okay, critical thinking Yep. Tenant number three, one's body is inviolable, subjects to one's own will alone. Uh, Tenant number four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Tenant five, there are seven of these, by the way. Tenant five, belief should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. And again, yep. One should take care to never distort scientific facts to fit, uh, to fit one's beliefs. Tenet six. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should All do... Being inte- Lucifer is the god of intelligence. Like, I'm, well, I that's will, what he is. I, I will die on the hill. Yeah. There's nothing evil about him. Yeah. There's, there's not. And it, the Gnostics believe that. Like, genuinely believe that. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. And tenet seven, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. So, All right, and like you're telling me, if you don't agree with that, come on, you know, come on. <laughs> you know, you know what is not the religion of critical thinking? Christianity. Oh yeah, absolutely not. It, it actually encourages you, encourages you to not bl- to. It's think. called faith. Yeah. It's called like you're, regardless of how you feel, you have to believe. It's called faith. That's fucking crazy. It's so, it's listen, so wild. I guess okay. So the re- the religion I've studied most is um, is Buddhism. And I know, like, it's like one of the first things that they say is that you can be a Buddhist and adopt practices of other religions. Um, but I guess I would ask you, because you know so much more about it than both than I do, can you be a Christian and a Satanist simultaneously? Obviously, it seems like an oxymoron, but is it? 
Well, it really depends on who you talk to. But if you're going to take a very literal interpretation of the Bible and you really believe the only way to get to heaven is by believing in Jesus Christ, that's all you have to do. And so you can you can call yourself a Christian. Well, historians will tell you that at the very least he was a real human. So in that sense, I believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, and so like if you if, like then in that sense like that's what well, the I passage he was the son of God? Probably uh, not. But the the thing that everybody ignores is like he does he's not he really isn't putting himself up on a pedestal. Did he do all these incredible miracles and acts? I I think possibly. Very possibly because we have so much more power than we know and quantum mechanics is beginning to prove that and it, it it could be possible, but um, the thing is, is that he didn't just say like I am the only one, y'all motherfuckers. Like everybody who was born before me, you're going to hell. Sorry, you didn't get to know me. And if you don't believe in me afterwards, you're going to hell too. That's not what he said. That's how people interpret it. But it's not what he said. It, it, everyone is a son or daughter of God. Everyone, Definitely. everything, and. There, there are passages that no preacher hardly ever preaches about that talk about him. You know, he says there will be those that come after I who do even greater works than I, and like he, he meant that genuinely. He was trying to get people to realize he wasn't start, uh, trying to start a religion. He wasn't trying to brainwash people, which is what it turned into because they redacted so many books from the Bible. I mean, Matthew, Mark, and John weren't even written by them. They, they're a later gospel. The earlier gospel is the gospel of Thomas and Philip and uh, the gospel of Judas, even. Like, that was written way before the canonized for... Middle Eastern dudes with white-ass names. Is that because Israel? Like, no, we have Middle Eastern names because of Christianity. Oh, so that was like OG. Yeah. Oh, I never realized that. Yeah. Well, Jesus' name wasn't Jesus, and they might have been they might have been altered a little bit. But for instance, Jesus' name would have been Yeshua ben Joseph. Um, oh, I've heard that. Yeshua, the son of Joseph ben Joseph. Um, so, like, we we've uh, we've changed them. It's just like you know, in in Spanish, it's Jesus. Okay. Like, we've changed them to kind of be more anglicized or whatever, but. They are originally names from the Bible because everybody wanted to name their kid from something from the Bible because you've got the Spanish Inquisition at your fucking door. You know what I mean? Like Matias, like instead of Matthew. Like I, I, I'm not sure what the original Hebrew was on that, but I know that it's been, it's like a trickle down effect. And, uh, you know, all of these characters in the Bible. They really didn't write their books except for Saul who become who became Paul. And he writes about a lot of really just dark, fucked up shit. That's where the people Wait, you read like one of the Bible authors like other writings? I've read a lot of other writings from the authors, but Whoa. I mean uh I haven't even like Yeah, it's like called the thing. Yeah, it's called the Apocrypha. Fucking little cats, dude. <laughs> I do too. How can you not? Right. Like in the sink. I, I'm, I'm so, so sorry to interrupt. But, no, you're um, fine. I'm allergic to cats, so I've never lived with one. Really? And and you know, I and I get itchy, but other than that, it's chill. But 
Bro, I never understood what a cat was, and now I'm like, maybe I like cats more than dogs. I don't know. Like, they're, they're literally, like, I'm recognizing more traits of myself in a cat. Like, I always thought dogs were like humans, but now I'm thinking, like, maybe cats are like humans more than dogs. Because, like, they literally just, like, expl- like, like, dogs always need so much attention. Cats are just, like, literally entertaining themselves constantly. I think that you can find a, people that are more like dogs and people that are more like cats. Mm. People that have qualities of both. It's like extrovert-introvert type shit. Yeah, that's, that's why I love both of them. Because, like, my uh, Myers-Briggs personality test is an E slash INTP. So, like, um, I, I'm either... Or, actually, there's another one, too, an E slash I in, what is it, NTPF, yeah, feeling perception. So, like, I, I, I don't know, they, they do have remarkable tendencies, and part of the reason why they're just, they're so curious, like, yeah. I always hated curiosity killed the cat, that's, like, the most ridiculous phrase, that's, that's just, no, like, basically encouraging people to be ignorant. I've lived with these cats for two days, and I'm, like, I never really realized what that phrase meant before. Like, they, they really are so curious. Like, they're curious about everything. Yeah. Like, like I, I totally get that now. Like, I, I guess, like, I've literally never lived with cats. So, like, I guess I never really got it. But, like, yeah, cats are so... Dogs are not curious about shit. Dogs just want attention. Yeah. Like, these guys, like, they actually... Like, I know cats are actually less smart than dogs. But, like, they seem smarter almost just because, like... They seem like they're learning constantly, whereas dogs just be like, pet me, pet me, pet me. That's one of the things is, like, I wonder if they are less intelligent because it well, might take a higher degree. Like, like, it's, it's harder to get a cat to learn their name. Like, like they, they can, can do it, but it's, it's much harder. Whereas, like, dogs will, like, learn English so much quicker. Well, this is the thing is that I'm not sure that they do learn it more slowly. Like, I'm not so sure that they're more just, like, yeah, straight up, like, willfully just, like, now fuck you. sometimes. Like they'll come when I say their name. Yeah. So this is Schmidt and this is Schmidt. Cece. Schmidt and Cece. Martha say hi. Yeah, come say hello. More than anything else, I subscribe to Buddhism, but I've never heard the whole idea of where Dr. Joseph starts talking about simulation. Like I always thought the six realms of samsara were equal, where there's like the god realm and whatever. But he describes the god realm as like you're always in the god realm. And like, and like you leave, you leave this realm and the only reason you're in this realm is because you've subscribed to it from with like his, his interpretation of Sansara is so much different than how I learned. And I learned, I took a Buddhism class in mm-hmm. college. So like I, I learned that about Buddhism in like a very academic sense. So, and whereas I'm assuming he's talked to spiritual leader. I mean, he, he's friends with Ram Dass and like he's been to temples and shit. So it's totally different. But like his interpretation of Buddhism is that it's all... And I think it's against the teachings. Like, literally, I think he's, like, made it up. Because the teaching is that you live this life and based on your dharma and dogma determines your karma, which is how it determines your next incarnation. But he understands it as you leave this life, or you chose this life willingly, like, whatever you are, it's a simulation. You chose to be in it. You chose to have your memory wiped. And (laughs) it's very, like, like, it's a choice. Whereas, and that's what the God realm is. The God realm is you leave this realm, you return to the God realm, which, and then from the God realm, you can willingly Pick any one of the six spots on the samsara. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You can choose to be the horse. You can choose to be, well, but I think that also Dharma Dogma is a thing because no one would ever choose to be a, a hungry ghost or a hell dweller. So, like, there is certain things that maybe don't grant you access back to the god realm. Like, if you fuck up really hard in this realm, maybe you don't get back access to the god realm. But, like, but like he breaks it down as, like, 
you chose it, and I've never understood that before. Like, I definitely believe the Eightfold Path will lead you to enlightenment, but I believe that in what enlightenment is, what nirvana is, is not actually transcendence to another spiritual plane, which is what most people, most Buddhists believe. Um, I believe it, it, it helps you grapple with, with this reality. So it's, it's essentially Buddhism without the simulation part. Or taking the simulation part as a metaphor. Yeah. But like that's why when, when I hear somebody like Duncan Trussell break it down in like this completely other way, I'm like, wait, here's what I normally believe. And we're going to get back to Christianity in a second. Oh, I mean, I, I'm more than happy to jump on the Buddhism because I, I agree with him wholeheartedly in this. And there are a lot of Buddhists that do. That, that's one of the things that's very interesting about Buddhism that's different about Christianity is like, they don't have anything that they require you to believe. It's not, it's not about that. There's the, no Buddhist missionary. They're not trying to convince you. Yeah, They're exactly. Like, it's it's yeah. like, what, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. right? And, and that's what's phenomenal about it. So, I mean, there would probably be some Buddhists that would disagree with them in that sense. But if you present evidence of something, you know, that you've experienced and other people can experience that, you know, just like where does suffering come from? It comes from desire. Well, try not to desire. You can't try not to desire because then you're desiring not to desire. Right. And you have to realize that you are in this construct, this system. But, but Buddhism is very against the idea of one singular creator. I think that that is also like extrapolated in, a, in an interesting way. I mean, Buddhism is like Hinduism stripped for export. And I am yes. directly quoting Alan Watts there. I didn't come up with that. So like, yeah, there will be a lot of devas and, you know, like you'll have, you know, beings of this and that. But how different is that from having angels and archangels? Yeah, but and, I, I just think of... of, of um... Was it like Ganesh and all the and uh, and Indra and all these things as, as Vishnu? They're members of the God realm and and they're an incarnate like like there's people there's like fucking Sisi could be Indra like like we're we're well Indra has reached enlightenment by now for sure but like but like you, any of these gods like maybe they haven't and maybe they're here among us like we don't. One of the things that I've always found fascinating is Indra's web, which oh my God. basically says like you know thousands of years ago before we had the instrumentality to actually like pretty much prove this is that we live in a holographic universe indra's net wholeheartedly disproves the idea of a soul and i know you're really a, a big subscriber to the idea of a soul i am but it's something that i've learned is like we think of our soul as like a lot of people anyway something singular and permanent as if it was one of the dewdrops. To me, in my understanding, my experiences, I, I've had transcendental out-of-body experiences. I've had these kind of things. I've learned that just like you weren't... So when you were born, every single atom in your body is different now. It's completely different. The soul is a progression as well. It isn't a single isolated... Uh, entity that's just you know riding well you ride in it really forever it also changes it also shapes and morphs and i think that's where the idea of karma comes in when you say soul for in the christian sense where if i make too many bad decisions or if i you know, I, I've always wondered, how do you explain people like in Papua New Guinea that are just, you know, indigenous tribes just getting right. into contact with 
with uh, Christian missionaries. You're, are you telling me every single one of those people went to hell? And they're having such a, you know, a more holistic way of life than we do. Right. And for some reason, they're punished because they weren't born in the right place. Right. That's absurd. Well, That's... there's so much. There's so much. Like, Corey told me that, like, once you get to heaven... Your soul is a manifestation of like what your body looks like. like you literally look the same, yeah. which is like fucking crazy because there's like, <laughs> like for a million reasons, like we've shown that like the, the color of our skin is a reaction to the sun yeah. or like everything about us is a relation to our environment around us. But like if heaven is some spiritual plane, how do we look like this? Like we are molded by the earth. Like this is proven by science. It is super, super, super bizarre to me. When people subscribe to that idea, because so, that's what my there's a reason, and this is so mean of me to say, but there's a reason why, when 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 Christianity was like the the mainstream belief of the world, it was called the Dark Ages. Like <laughs> like, like I'm just, and that's so mean, but, but, but that's it's literally true. what history is yeah. called. If you really, really, really buy into all those ideas, like part of the tenets is you, you will be an incredibly <clears throat> like unproductive and unevolving human being you 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 trap yourself into a box and all of these things the, the problem is i think is that people got so fed up with it by the time of darwin in the 1800s that they went too far to the other side they went too far to the other spectrum oh, like there is now yeah, there's now no no more spirit. Like spirit and science are completely different. I, I look at them as a as a union. It's just like two sides of the same coin. You can't have a coin without a tails or heads. It's it it is what it is. But it's still one coin. And the fact that I, we we've gotten so fed up with any spiritual aspect of reality that we've been willing to you know not just deny it, but ridicule and mock people that are trying to fuse them I, th I think that's a very unhealthy practice as well because the spiritual aspect of humanity is ingrained in our dna mm. it is a part of us okay we take this very non-judgmental approach to religion and spiritualism where it's like anybody can believe anything as long as it benefits their spiritual growth as a per as a person um but there's literally like, like Corey read to me like a Bible passage that was essentially saying, and I don't remember what it was and I'm, I'm going to fucking butcher it, but basically that there's a place in hell for false prophets. And, yeah. and there's no way that all of these spiritual leaders definitely are not all telling the truth. They can't. They all contradict each other. Oh, absolutely. So it's like a great majority of them are false prophets. Yes. So what is it? So they're damning themselves. I mean, it's it's really that's another thing that's really bizarre no, no, to me. No, but 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 in Corey's point of view, the Buddhist teacher would be a false prophet because it's teaching you against heaven. Yeah, you know what I mean. So so the Buddhist has a place in hell. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, 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 yes. Like, 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 okay. Like, I, I, I see what you're saying. You literally believe that this life on earth is like an impermanent fucking grain of sand or whatever, and and it's a test. It's a very simple eighty-year test that's going to determine. Whether your, or not your eternity, an eternity in heaven, or an eternity of your fucking balls being sliced and smashed by sledgehammers, that's what that's what we're in right now. We're in a test, all right, and we're either failing or we're succeeding, which is what Corey and a lot of Orthodox Christians believe. And everybody else is a false prophet. 
but you who believes in like a singular creator, how can you trust all of these people who an Orthodox Christian might say 99% of them are false prophets and they will burn in hell for eternity? I, it's a heavy question. I apologize. No, it's not. Um, I, I distrust the people that are calling other people false prophets. Ooh! Because there's also passages nice. in the Bible. <laughs> there's also pa- passages in the Bible that are uh, talking about how um, everyone will come to know God in their own way. And, and how that's presented, I mean, it's preposterous to think that, that there's, just, there's just one modality. And, you know, if I've, the thing is, is like I've had Christians literally tell me that God put dinosaur bones in the earth to test us. And I'm just like, what the That's fuck Lucifer, do like, you mean? You yeah, well. it's a Lucifer, you know, it's Satan. I, I had to tape up the back of my uh, Pokemon cartridge for my Game Boy when I played it so that they, my mom couldn't see what I was playing. Are you serious? Yeah, man, she was super against it. Took my Yu-Gi-Oh cards away. That's what I'm saying is that, <laughs> is that I... I cannot be a Christian and I cannot be a Satanist because I literally don't believe that, that there is a place called heaven or hell where we go for eternity. Yet, I'm just saying, if I did... Oh, Satanists don't believe that. They picked that name deliberately to rub it in the face of like modern Christianity. Oh. Yeah, they, Shit, mo- most, Sat- the most Satanists don't actually literally believe in some oh. devil figure. Don't tell me that because I might actually <laughs> like, say ruling over hell that Bro. that's down there that's like trying to get you to i don't know steal your parents vodka when you're 14 <laughs> that was literally the one thing that was like that was like stopping me from becoming a satanist no dude it's it's not about that they're not about that they picked it deliberately to piss people off like they did it to deliberately piss people off Shit, and then i am a satanist <laughs> right. well that's what i'm saying like, like, why would i Support the guy who says don't eat the apple over the guy who says eat the apple. Like, like and why do, do most people on earth believe the guy who says don't believe to eat the apple? It makes no I have, fucking sense. I have no idea. It's always boggled my mind. I mean, even as like, a kid. Doesn't that seem obvious? And I, I know, and yes. again, I, you've taught me more about Satanism tonight than I knew before. I'm just saying, like, thinking about this critically, it's like, which again is, I think, my interpretation of Lucifer. He's the god of critical thinking. Like, yeah. I mean that's exactly what it is, and and this is just an idea, a construct, a, a a surge of energy. It's it's basically, do you want to be a slave without any like? And a lot of people in the really really conservative Christian community believe in predestination, meaning that you don't have a choice about anything that you do on earth, and you either burn like you're either burn born here to burn in hell. Or you're born here and you'll go to heaven. Like th- there is, there's nothing well, that you I can thought, do. Behind- I like Christ gave us that, like that, like you're allowed to sin and still go to heaven as long as you follow. Him. Yeah, but they he, like, take essentially lowered the bar. Yeah, they take the some passages out of Revelations, which like I mean that's how um, Jehovah's Witness came about. It was that there's a passage in Revelations talking about 144,000 people, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of uh, of Israel. Uh, they will be the ones to partake in the rapture. And once again, this is gematria. If you don't know what gematria is, go look it up. Every letter in the Hebrew alphabet is equivalent to a number. Like their number and lettering system is the same in the ancient Hebrew. And it's also equivalent to a word. So whenever you look at Hebrew, you have a threefold uh, uh, way of interpretation 
of what they're actually saying because they could be using obscure numbers. That's why there's so many weird numbers in the Bible that you're just like, what? Like, um, mm. but it, it's from Gematria. But I love how you take such like a scientific historical approach to looking at these texts. You have to. Like it's so. It's you have so to. Not like. Like I'm like lost in the fiction of it. It's like it's like let's compare it to everything else around it. You have to. I mean, it's just I I don't know how anybody could be presented with a dinosaur Bro. fossil and carbon dating, even though carbon dating might be off by let's say even ten million years. I gotta pee. Uh, you can either keep talking or I'll or I'll cut it. But I will a little bit. I I, I find that whole thing fascinating because. You know, you have these tenets written down in literal stone, according to, you know, uh, Exodus. And you have these ideas that are so antiquated. Like, people have free will. I can't understand, and I, I won't ever understand, uh creative source and and when i talk about god i don't mean just some dude up in heaven sitting on a throne in the clouds with a big old long white beard touching adam's finger or something ridiculous like that what i mean is a creative source something beyond our comprehension the genesis not the book but the literal meaning of the word from where we all came and to me, I feel like there has to be something like that. Like, even if you, you don't personify it, and we shouldn't personify it, we can personify aspects of it. That's how polytheism came to be, is because there are certain aspects of reality, and, you know, a lot of them find, like, their counterpart, right? It's, it's all a, a system of balance. And it goes back to basically like creation and destruction. Like you have to have both those things. But the single source from where it all came, I, I don't even like using the word God a lot of times. I, I might say like something like unmanifest deity or source or whatever. But it's so far beyond our limited wait, human wait, okay, comprehension. Can you describe your God? Wait, we can't say it? There's no way to say it. That's what I'm saying. How could you ever describe something that's indescribable? But I can I can go about what I think, you know, from my experiences it is. It's everything you and nothing. You believe in a singular creator and I don't. So I guess like what does that mean to you? Like what is that? It's a it's a everything and nothing at the same time. I I mean like the it Holy Spirit kind of shit. Well, in a, not quite the Holy Spirit. So I, I tend more towards, uh, you know, the Hermetic idea of it, which is where, you know, you have a few ways that you could create the universe if you were an all like all powerful creator. You could take a piece of yourself, but if you're if you are the all. The all is how I would describe like it. The all. Outside. Like, that's what I don't understand. Is like, there's got to be something that it lives in. How but, can it live in? Like, how can there just be one and it's like a sentient being? Like, it, what? it could be living within itself. I can't comprehend something. Literally, you enough. can't comprehend it. But, 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 like, what makes you think that what we're living in right now is sentient? I guess that's the question. Because of how perfectly ordered everything the is. The principles. It, it's made 
to be a system. Like we are made up out of atoms, which make up molecules, which make up cells, which make up organs, which make up systems of organs, which makes up a human body, which makes up one tiny infinitesimal part in comparison to the rest of the species of planet Earth, which makes up one body, which makes up a solar system whenever you go beyond that with the star and everything, and that makes up a galaxy, and then you have the universe. It, it just seems to me to be a logical stepping out of interaction, of consciousness. And, and, and the, the biggest thing for me, especially scientifically, is looking into the studies about how consciousness actually like literally and really affects our universe we make things happen with our consciousness and where does that come from i am certain it is not generated from the brain and anybody that's had a psychedelic experience can tell you the same it is something beyond us now that whole field of consciousness that's constantly shifting ever moving just like your body you're pumping blood like digesting things, nutrients getting taken from point A to point B, you know, sweating, drinking water, what, like whatever it is, it's a constant shift. Everything is constantly being interchanged. That would be like the closest way that we with our minds could conceptualize this entity, but I'm, I'm speculating, just like the hermeticists of old did, that it is outside of that. It is beyond that. And the reason why I think that is because if you were an all-powerful entity, you could go about creating the universe pretty much like three ways. The first way is to take a piece of yourself and make the universe. But then you're not the all anymore. That would, you would lose your definition of, as the all. Mm. Um, or you could use something outside of yourself. And if you did that, once again, you're not the all because like there's you something. Like, it was never born. It, it never born. But... Never nothing. It you cannot comprehend it. Like that's that's the bottom line. The other way we create things is with our mind and imagination. And so when you create things with your mind and imagination, you're not taking anything away from yourself. You're projecting it outward into something. And so whatever this thing is, and who knows, maybe there's a fucking gang of these people and they're wondering why, uh, how, you know, I'm just a universe, like, why, why? Maybe there is a God realm looking above themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, but for right now, let's try to focus on, you know, like, like here, that's the, I've gone really far out there and really tried to think, okay, well, you could say that up and up and up forever. And I wonder almost if it's like an involution, like a toroid it collapses back in within, uh, within itself. But if you can imagine these things, um, I know, <laughs> it's crazy. So that, that's what, what's God's me, not some judgmental figure. So do you pray to this God? It depends. I mean... So he's not, or it's not judging you? No, it, it's... What I've come to understand about prayer, it's more like I, I do practice high magic and other forms of magic uh, with a K at the end, just to make that clear because I'm not doing uh, parlor tricks. It's more of just what I understand is not just 
the esoteric aspect of it, but the actual scientific aspect of it, you can create a standing wave function in reality, which actually creates a higher propensity for certain events to occur and other events not to occur. And you can do that. Any human being can do that. And it, that, that's not up for debate. That, that's absolute scientific fact at this point. And so if that's the case, I would be kind of interested to see why anybody would prefer to believe that we're just these vessels uh, running around a broken world that's soon about to collapse and we have no power whatsoever. But you can demonstrate that power in your own life. It, we take so many things for granted, opening and closing your hand. If one person can tell me how they do that, right. I would love to hear it. Well, you I'm just not, do. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that like, well, like, I prefer to believe that everything's random. I just think that, like, a lot of the anthropic principles, like, the idea that, like, Corey was saying that this is, like, proof that God exists, is that, like, all these principles that say, like, okay, well, the, the Earth turns on this axis, which is, like, the perfect distance from the sun, and all, like, like, life is such a crazy miracle, and that's probably absolutely true. That's why we haven't found aliens yet, although we have, but... <laughs> that, that's a whole other can of worms. That's a whole other can of worms. We'll probably do another one. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, so, anthropic, yeah, but I think maybe it's fucking a Rorschach test. You know, like maybe it's like we're seeing a butterfly in a pile of ink. You know, like maybe it's like like a lot of people you you see, you see two dots and and a parentheses and you say that's a smiley face. Yeah. Or that's a face. Yeah. When really that's fucking a colon and a smiley or mm -hmm. and a fucking parenthesis. And I'm like, I'm like, maybe that's what the anthropic principles are. Maybe we, it's like I told you, like, this is me from my own experience. I said, this is what makes me almost believe in God. And the reason I say almost, and well, I'll say my example first, and it's that because I have historically fished a lot and the fish are always biting at sunset and sunrise. And that's fucking crazy that when it's most beautiful, when it's most calm on the water and you fucking, and that's not like an official anthropic principle, I guess it's my personal one because I've never heard someone say that to me, but it's something that I've witnessed as an atheist or whatever I am. I'm not really, I guess agnostic. Agnostic. I am. Like I've sat out on the water. Like I've sat out on the water at dawn and dusk when there's no one else out there and it's fucking beautiful and I'm catching fish that no one else is catching. And I'm thinking that like if I was out here 20 minutes later, 20 minutes before, these fish wouldn't be here either. And I'm thinking like there's something to that. And that's why I told you I've, I've almost believed in God. Why I say almost is because I really do think it's like Rorschach. I really think it's like I'm seeing a butterfly but it's really a pile of ink. And I think like there's a lot of coincidences in this world but I think it's just random shit and sometimes it aligns and sometimes it doesn't. But ultimately there is no objective truth to grasp onto. Objectively, it's like all subjectivities just like overlapping in these like crazy Venn diagrams where it's like these are our subjective realities and we're interpreting all this shit, and sometimes we think that there's like some sort of truth that's out there that we don't have, but I really just think it's like all of our subjectivities overlapping, and it's like, oh, we found it, but it's like, it doesn't exist outside of us, like we are it, and it's all random, it's all crazy shit. It is, I mean, what you just described, the Venn diagrams on Venn diagrams, is literally what the flower of life blueprint is in sacred geometry. That is what the teaching is. But Keep going. <laughs> it, it's it, it. Look up a picture of it here. I'll I'll show you a picture. But um, you know, it's it's everything interlocking with itself. Like you have the source, and then you have the Vesca Pisces, and then you've got the Trinity, and then beyond that you've got the seed of life, and then beyond that you've got uh, the flower of life. Who teaches this? Like what 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 school of thought is this? 
Um, this is more of like esoteric, like metaphysical secret school kind of teaching. Um, the cabal or what? Uh, the, the cabal not the cabal. Oh, my bad, my bad. No, just, just to differentiate, not a fan of the cabal. Oh, wait, what's the difference? The cabal is the cabal means like a group of really powerful secret individuals that control the world yeah something like that yeah i i I don't think that they get together at group meetings and call themselves the illuminati but stuff like bohemian grove stuff like oh that you know skull and bones yeah skull and bones that kind of thing where these super powerful people get together and seemingly rape kids there's all kinds of bad stuff, yeah. you know? But it is interesting how this is kind of what I was thinking of, the difference between subjective and objective reality, and it's drawn out in, like, a religious symbol. It's not just a religious symbol. It's, this is thousands and thousands of years old, and they don't even continue it outward. But it, and is, it's, is the idea subjective versus objective perception? Is, like, the idea behind that? The idea is this, is that what you have here... You can pick any one of those circles. It's like Indra's Indra's net, Indra's web. This is the nature of reality, is a constant overlapping and continuum that all relates back to one thing. So, like, you don't have to believe that... Oh, like God is the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's faith. Like you don't, you can't say for sure. I, I, I know because of my own experiences. That's right. that's why. I, and and that's something that some of them I wouldn't wish that's on it just anybody. Kind of blow my mind. Can we just can I just take a minute? And yeah. Acknowledge that. Like, <laughs> I guess I interpret that as that we all have these circles of subjective perception. And all of our circles overlap, and sometimes they overlap to the degree of us saying like, oh, there's an objective truth out there that we can't grasp. So that's why I'm like, okay, so God can't exist then, because really when you break it down in a map like that, it's all of our subjective realities and not anything objective. But then basically what all this is is this flower with a circle around it, and he, yeah, you're basically saying that it's like God is the circle around it, which is like... So yeah, like, dude, just kind of fucked me up. Like, that just kind of turned my argument on its head. So. You can go on for infinity. That That's why this pattern was made. And even the ancient cultures that... And I mean, this is found in places all over the globe. What's it called? Um, the there? Flower of Life. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Flower of Life. The Tree of Life is Kabbalah. That's also very fascinating. It's basically about how God would create the universe, you know, if there was one. Um and there's the seed of life like the fruit of life there's a bunch of different patterns within this pattern that have incredible i mean i'm talking about when when you make this you can actually find literal scientific physical principles that we have proven to be true today in the measurements between the circles and how they interrelate with each other. Things with music and harmonics and audio and light and all kinds of stuff. Like that, that is how it is. And then if you think about that in a three-dimensional thing, and then if you think about that in a multi-dimensional thing, that is not just three-dimensional, which is so hard to do because well, we can't why, really ima- why, imagine it. one creator, why wouldn't they be so obvious? Like, why is it such a mystery? Well, why can't they be like, hey, bro, like, why can't everybody just know? Like, why is it such a secret? Imagine yourself as, okay, we're, we're stuck in 4D. I don't like it when people say 3D because 
we are traveling through the dimension of time. So we're stuck in 40. And we think that there are several more dimensions currently with quantum mechanics beyond where we are. And if that's the case, thank you. If that's the case, um, to, to really like conceptualize this, it, it's literally beyond our reckoning. And so you ask why wouldn't a, a creator, you know, expose themselves if it more. Was me, I would want everyone to know. Yeah, but you're a human being. Imagine the scale of this. And also imagine Egoless. like even as yeah. Even as like, a maybe God. That's my ego saying I would want everyone to know. Well it's a, absolutely yeah. But even 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 if there was a God with our kind of ego, our kind of interpretation of the universe, our kind of uh way of viewing things how much more would it mean when you give the choice to people to love you or to disregard you? I mean, even from our standpoint. But don't it, otherwise, you would just be making slaves. Yes, I, I understand that point. So it is somewhat of a test, but your your idea of the test is much more understandable than the oh, it, traditional Christian. Yeah, it's not it's not even a test. It's it's just, it's just like, this is what it is. It's like a parent putting their it's like kids. It's your choice. Like it was, yeah, it doesn't matter to the God. Yeah, the God's indifferent. Yeah, absolutely. To to even begin to think that one of our petty decisions yeah, could impact this. It's not that they just don't totally give a fuck. It's that. I really look at it like the entirety of the universe is like a, a, a playground with nice soft mulch and, you know, uh, you you can't get really too hurt. Like, you might be hurt for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but like, yeah. That goes against one of my core beliefs that this life is suffering. Like, I really do believe that. It's definitely a part of it, yeah. But th this goes back to another one of the hermetic principles, which is like polarity. You cannot know up without down, left without right. Great pleasure must stem from great suffering. You can't. But don't you think that that suffering could be subsided if this God exposed itself? And why does it never do that? Never. Because even in your interpretation, the great religious leaders that say I'm a descendant of God are just sorcerers like any one of us could be with the right practice. So it's like. Which, by the way, is blasphemous to any Christian. Like, <laughs> Whatever, we're past that now. Also, also, I told you about Ernie, and and I was talking to Ernie on the phone, and, and he told me when he astral projected to meet Jesus, and he held Jesus's and Mary Magdalene's son, which obviously nowhere in any text would say they ever had married or had a kid, but he told me he held their son, and when he was telling me this, he was like a pathetic mess. Like he was crying, he was apologizing, he was embarrassed. Like, I believe that he was actually vulnerable in that moment. Oh, I've had moments like that. So I believe he was too. And it doesn't say anywhere in the traditional can, uh, canonized, like, 66-book long um, Bible that we go by today. But there are definite allusions to um, them copulating okay. in, in, in the Apocrypha and other texts. But that's what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm not saying I believe Ernie. Um... I believe that he was not lying to me. Like, I'm not saying I believe he was telling the truth, but I believe he was not lying. Like, I'm sure he wasn't. I believe that he wholeheartedly believes in what he was telling me. Which is why, like, yes, I know there's a lot of crazy people in this world. I'm one of them. 
but like I believe that I don't I don't necessarily believe that he astral projected and met Jesus but I believe that he knows that he did and that there's something powerful in that because he regretted telling me that story <laughs> you know what I mean and he's yeah. talking about he wasn't talking about anything personal he's talking about holding Jesus' kid and how yeah. powerful that was for him yeah I'm, like there's some like, that, like all I'm wait, saying I need I'm to meet him I'm not believing he did that but I'm believing like there's something there that I don't understand that's all I'm gonna say there, there's something there yeah I would I would love I would love to meet him because I've had very profound experiences because of my upbringing and just because I've always been very sensitive, like lucid dreaming. I've had astral projection experiences. I've had out-of-body, you know, near-death experiences. I've had a lot of these experiences. And they do, they change you. Even, even like, back to what we were talking about earlier, but not to jump on, like, UFO experiences, like ET experiences, abduction experiences. I've had these experiences. Now, what, like, what is it? that's totally up for speculation and I'm not like just absolutely claiming that any of these things are inviolable truths. One of the coolest things that I remember you telling me was that like all these experiences that that you are interpreting, you said that it could be when you reach a near death experience, your body releases, um, yeah, the DMT, DMT. DMT, Yeah. And that, that, it does. That could hardly be, it. Yeah, and that Kyle, that's why I love talking to you about this shit. Is <laughs> because you are so fucking open minded. Like, like even though even though you're like you believe a certain thing, you're like open to be like I could just be wrong. Why why do we have to cling so tightly to this like one belief? I, I think it's because it's kind of like you you build your you know a whole house on a a cornerstone that's on top of sand. Right, and you don't ever want that cornerstone to fall down or displace because your whole house is built on it. I I don't see the reason or logic for doing that, and I'm a very spiritual person. It's not that I'm not a spiritual person. It's just that if you're presented with something that makes more sense, and people are all the time, and that's usually when they become the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. That's usually when they become the most defensive. That's usually when they're like, you know, trying to lash back and, and uh, uh, you know, supersede anything that you say. But to me, it seems like this should be like a constant ongoing discussion. Yes. Because for any of us to think for even a moment that we know everything right. or like we've got it down is so ridiculous to me it's so disappointing why we have to you know get at each other's throat over like what we believe in what we don't we can just sit around and speculate because my ultimate understanding is it really really doesn't matter what you believe in um you know you you will have karma karma usually enacts in your life that's one principle that's true jesus even talks about it just doesn't use the word karma um all these things basically like you know doing to others as you would have done to unto you what what is that what is that but karma yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know i think that's part of where he went when he disappeared for for 18 years because he was a traveling carpenter with 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 uh joseph 
I mean, he could have gone all over the world in that time. I don't know if this is a commandment or just like one of the core beliefs of Christianity is this idea of non-judgment and non-prejudice. Oh, absolutely. But, but also, and I've realized this recently talking to Corey, that like you cannot believe these things without an inherent judgment. Yeah. Because, because if you tr- just literally think about it, like, like if you really believe that what we are doing now is an 80 year or 100 year or one year test, like infant mortality, how do Christians explain that? But anyway, who cares? Is like, is like a test for whether or not you deserve an infinite amount of time suffering or in pleasure. <laughs> Impossible test. Okay, but whatever. We, we, we've already like beaten Christians to the ground, so like, let's stop doing that. But it's, it is, a lot of these things are kind of ridiculous. But if you really believe that, like you think that this is scientific truth, then you have to think that any spiritual practice that teaches against eternity of suffering or eternity of pleasure is blasphemy. And that is a gospel of judgment. Yeah. Inherently. Absolutely. Like how, how can they say that like one of our, I don't, I don't know if it's a commandment or not. You would know. I wouldn't, but like, but like, but like, I know like a lot of them say like Christians are like the least judgmental people on planet earth, but they're supposed to be, but like, but like at, at the heart of colonialism, is Christianity what spread European dominant like like what spread genocide? What spread? We need to take over this world <laughs> because we need to spread God's gospel. Like that that colonialism is Christianity. Yes, absolutely. And no and doubt. You, and Christians would would reject that, but I'm, there's a lot of scientific studies that would prove you wrong. So and even historical studies. Witch I mean, hunts, like yeah, burning people alive because you think that in their death throes while they're being burned alive they might be like you know what hell might not be so cool because they have this like depiction of hell in their mind where they're burning for all eternity and so they just like at the very last minute that they did it a lot of times well first of all i think for like sadistic pleasure but also because they thought that by burning somebody, burning a witch, burning whatever, you know, a, a Satan worshiper, that they were actually helping them because they were like showing them what was in store for them in the afterlife. And they just hoped that at the last minute they would like cry out to God and, uh, you know, be saved. It's, that shit hurts me to my core. I know only, it's only disgusting. Because, only because it, it sounds like fantasy, but it's not fantasy because because you have people like Corey who say like like my uncle died gay and he could have been to heaven if he just like chose made different choices. So like it's like it sounds like some Harry Potter bullshit, but it's not because <laughs> it has tangible effects today. It's literally like causing people suffering in this life right now. That's why it hurts me to my core because it sounds like a bunch of Dumbledore bullshit. Yeah, but it's actually like affecting people on a tangible day-to-day basis and that hurts me to my core literally it is and it, it, it hurts me too because these people that profess to know the truth about the bible and i i started calling it the bibliosacratheca <laughs> just for Go fun on. like, it, like it's that. just it's just a goofy thing like people that profess to know it the best usually don't and they ignore 
tremendous amounts of information and there's tremendous amounts of conflicting information exactly you know you like you walk up to some christian that's holding up a sign that says uh, gays go to hell or whatever you know something awful like that some just awful uh and you you just ask them well how should i treat my slaves you know, like I said earlier, or like a bunch of other things. Like women are supposed to be so... It's so misogynistic in a lot of regards. It's a product of its time, and that's what's exactly. not acknowledged. Yeah, but. and and to, to really steer your ship based on this really antiquated idea is tremendously disturbing to me because that's not where we are now that's not what we live in and people should know better but i think that it's a big part due to the fact that people have a lot of um they get a lot of comfort from it they get a lot of comfort like knowing like this life is bullshit which, I, which is why i love christians is because that's the important part is yeah that, is that like like they've somehow found a way and up almost perfect way I'll admit to cope with the suffering that we're all experiencing. Yeah. And like, that's why I fuck with Christianity. But like, but like to think that it's something more than that and to like to judge me for not actually believing in it is fucked up. It's preposterous. But, it's... but, but that's why, that's why I don't think Christians are ridiculous is because it's like, you know what is ridiculous? This fucking crazy shit that we're doing to distract ourselves from death. <laughs> and it's like, they found a brilliant way to do it. Well, there, there was, um, the circumcalians way back in the day. And this is why Christians, even Protestant Christians, perceive suicide to be a mortal sin. Is because if you're really going to really literally interpret the Bible and take every word as truth, you're going to read some passages that talk about how this is all just a test, you know, uh, you know, Jesus like believe in me, but that's not exactly what he was referring to, and he didn't write a book. Other people wrote a book, but they were called the Circumsalians. Why didn't Jesus write his own gospel? Because he didn't want to. Because he That's was afraid of the, he, he was he was afraid of this. I'm sure. Dude was woke, like you know, like not like the goofy woke like now, but like was... he was powerful he he had a good head on his shoulders and he didn't he was just trying to help people at the time and the circumcision that's, that's why he surrounded himself with 12 people is so that he he didn't have to spread shit he could just tell them the truth yep and they would spread it for him mm -hmm. that's yeah that's pretty much the why man well first of all he was a real man and he was obviously very intelligent whether or not what else he did was conjecture, but yeah, he did some shit. Well, same thing with Siddhartha Gautama. Like, obviously, he was a real guy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, and and huge, hugely impactful. Who knows if he found fucking Nirvana under the what is it, Bodhi tree? The Bodhi whatever, tree, but, yeah. Like, who knows? But like, he found something and he spread something. Even things like Krishna, you know, based on like something real, like. It's real. It goes back to the very beginning. It is real wisdom. Like, like, yeah. like, no matter what you believe. Yeah, that's what I meant earlier with the the, the core of shit. truth. Like, they're that, smart yeah. people. Yeah, they're not dumb. Yeah, like they're, they're they're not false prophets. Like, even even if they're not explaining like real cosmic spiritual truth, they might be. They might not be. Either way, they're they're they're, they're teaching real morals and real wisdom. Like, they're not dummies. And and you see this this pattern of people 
coming into that sort of state of being. And most of the time, 99% of the time, really, they don't ever write any of this shit down. Somebody that listened to them did. You know, and then what does some, that mean? I think exactly what you said, that, that they're, they're worried about the conjecture. Yeah, they, it was more for... I feel like if you're doing that, like if you were really so certain that you had everything figured out, you'd probably write a book because it was very clear, like, you know, you know, oh, it's the open-mindedness. Yeah. That's so many Christians don't have. Yeah, exactly. And, and oh, even fuck. like the circumsalience, yeah. whenever you read, um, some of Jesus's passages, what they did, they were actually throwing themselves, uh, themselves with their children in their arms off by the hundreds and thousands off of cliffs in, I believe, Italy. And this was, I forget, like two or 480, something like that. A long time ago. It doesn't matter. But they were throwing themselves off cliffs because they would just baptize their children, accept Jesus into their heart, quote unquote, you know, and they would kill themselves because they're like, what the fuck is the point of being here if all this is is just test and suffering and all I have to do to it's escape ridiculous. this is to die. It's ridiculous. And, and, and yeah, they, would literally, they were carrying their children off cliffs. And the Catholic Church lost so that much money. Core. It's true. Like the Catholic Church lost so much money. I forget what pope it was, but it was some pope. He made suicide a mortal sin. So, you know, and soon thereafter, they came with, uh, up with purgatory where you had to pay people out of like this, like halfway state, you know, all of that is just disgusting so and ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, me too. Like, and, and, and it's not fantasy. It affects people very tangibly every day. Yeah. And, and in a really very just palpable manner, you the only reason you give a shit that people are throwing themselves off cliffs is because they're interpreting like interpreting one of the passages of the Bible that they're reading wrong mm -hmm. in your eyes. But it's not even that they're interpreting it wrong. It's more of that it's affecting your bank account. Right. And that's why they did it. Like a it's lot of this stuff, man. It's yeah. You know, even the wrong colonialism is all about yeah. money. It's sickening. Uh, and there's people like Corey he told me, like, I think that the reason me and you met, this is like a verbatim quote. He was like, I believe somebody in your family prayed for you to become closer to God. And that's what introduced you to me. Because, like, I, I've, I have all these questions for him. And he's such a God believer. And, like, little does he know that I just do podcasts and get high. And, like, I <laughs> love talking to people. Like, that's, like, I'm just like a puppy dog. Like, I just want to know his beliefs. Yeah. But, like, he thinks it's because somebody in my family prayed to get me closer to God. Which, fuck, maybe they did. Who the fuck knows? Is that I told him that I was like, I got to be real with you at a certain point that I was like, I don't actually believe in God. Like, I, like I'm just curious because I never read the Bible. But I, I'm not actually, like, a believer in a singular creator. And he told me that... The first thing he said to that was, okay, and I don't judge you for that. But I'm thinking, if he didn't judge me for that... He wouldn't tell you... Why would you say that? Yeah, right? Like, like, clearly, that's... like, clearly prejudice is on your brain. If yeah. the first thing someone says who says something is, 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 is okay, oh, 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 and I, and I, I have to remind you, I'm not prejudiced. Yeah, but... So, <laughs> if you have to remind somebody what you are and when you are not, it means that it's on your mind a lot. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. But inherently in their doctrine and their commandments, there's implicit 
blatant judgment. What we're in right now is a, is a universal standardized test that will determine an eternal of sludge hammer in your nutsack or an eternal <laughs> blow job for life. And I've always wondered where, where, like, where do they draw this line? Like if you look at it like a standardized test, you have like certain scores on things, right? right? And so if you average out to 501, you're getting the blowjobs forever. Right. You barely made it, partner. Or if you average out to 499, uh, you're it's crazy. doomed. Like, it's, it's, it's like, so like, crazy. And I, and I know I'm going to hell for saying that. Hell. Oh, yeah. But like, but, like, it's crazy. And and also, and also, like, you read Dante's Inferno, that shit's full of Greek myth. This is a totally different conversation. But, but what, uh, yeah. the, what the fuck is that? 100%. Dante's Inferno, yeah. which is, like, the fucking holy grail of Christian texts, is, like, just Greek myth in yeah, a nutshell. that's all it is. Huh? That's all it is. Like, so what? So it's all true yeah. or none of it's true? Like, they, what is it? They just adopted the the Greek mythos of, you know, crossing the river Styx and Hades and the different circles it's of It's all, hell. like, fake Christian gods. Like, it's like, what? Like, what is this? Like, it's literally it's all... They, they, they do. They, that's what Christianity has done. Like, yeah. look, at, look at where they get their influences, these writers. They're biting off of each other's fantasy. They're, fan- they're science fiction and fantasy. They're L. Ron Hubbard a thousand years ago. <laughs> literally. No, literally. They're L. Ron Hubbard two thousand years ago. That's yeah. what these people were. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you're I mean, absolutely and, and, but, right. But, but Jesus was not that. Siddhartha was not that. But these fucking writers were L. Ron Hubbard. They're fucking bullshitters. Yeah. I, they're frauds. And with you 110%, it makes me so happy to hear you say that because it, it's the absolute truth. And it's one of the very few things that, you know, I'm not, it, we're not disparaging all Christianity. We're just no, no, saying no, Christ, that like, a lot of, a lot, no. I love Christians. Yes. I, I know, we, we both do. I, I'm just with, I'm prefacing what I'm about to say with that. Like, uh, And I it, understand the hypocrisy of what I'm saying of that. Like, I'm like, oh, they're so judgmental and I'm being judgmental. I, I absolutely understand. Like, I, like, I get I it. think there's a difference between judgment and value observations. Okay. There's a go, difference go, go. between, there's a difference between having um, an emotional attachment to a decision and having real data put in front of you that changes your mind. And that's what I call a value observation. And then a judgment is an emotional attachment, something like you don't want to let go of. It's part of your belief systems. It's part of the fabric that makes you you. And so it's like harder for you to let go of it and you defend it more fiercely because it's been so deeply instilled in you, you know? If if you're... I mean, even science. Science has so much dogma now. Like, they they refuse to believe a lot of things that are science just... Science is so faith-based. Right? So, it, but yeah. that's another conversation. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we were talking about earlier, where I'm saying we, like, polarized, but we didn't let go yeah. of the bullshit dogma that is... That's what's holding us everyone, back. Everyone who preaches science is not actually preaching what they've read or observed themselves. They're preaching a faith of what they believe is accurate, just like any religion. Yeah. I mean that's and that and that's exactly right because we don't fucking know. Like the, if anybody tells me they know, Nobody I'm immediately knows. distrustful. You know, I, I I can be like, okay, well, there's some things I can know. Like you know, uh, there's two plants over there. Hopefully, I no, mean, no, no, but, but but it goes back to the allegory of the cave and and like yeah, like, exactly. Like, what if that's a projection of plants. Yeah, and and then the whole idea that like. 
I mean, you can take a chemist's point of view and say, like, well, we're never actually are touching anything is actually resistance of yeah, energy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, like, there's so much. The, the, this world, like, dude, literally nobody knows anything. It's just inundated and, with mystery. And and this is going to be a corny, cliche thing to say, but it's like the more you know, the less you know. Like, that's just the reality. Like, like, like the smarter I get, the dumber I get. Straight up. That is like, like, like the dumbest people are like the people who think that they're the smartest. Like, it's. <laughs> Where they think they they like topped out on something. They're like, okay, we got this shit down. Like, no, like, dude, like, 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 read read a new book. It'll say everything you know is bullshit. And and here's the thing is that, I guess I I just hope people Orthodox Christians would recognize the difference between me judging and me making a value judgment, like you said. Yeah. Let's go for another stent. Okay. All right. I mean, we might. I'm down, dude. dude. It's 108. The last two podcasts, we didn't even start until 108. So. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not tripping about it. I know you're. I know you're a sympathizer with Gaia. Yeah. And I. Um, and I do believe in Gaia, um, probably differently than you do, but because Gaia can literally be explained uh, through peer-reviewed scientific studies. But I, first of all, I just want to hear your take on Gaia. And, and maybe maybe explain to it basically for people who like have never even heard that word. Okay, um, you know Earth, Gaia, it's pretty synonymous. But most of the time, people when they say Earth, they think about it as just this you know this chunk of rock with a bunch of different life forms on it flying around the solar system, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Gaia, I think, is used more in the interpretation that the earth itself is almost a living organism. If not almost, certainly a living organism. There's plenty of arguments for that. And it's using, you know, this energy from the sun, which is this massive nuclear fusion generator in the sky. And we're out here like, what is it? I think it's like... Uh, 900 million miles. I'm not sure. You might have to the principles. Yeah, like, and and we're just out here, like, ah, you know, chilling, and all of the plants and organisms, and even the inanimate matter on planet Earth, the waters, oceans, atmosphere, everything, seems like an organism. Because whenever you break up your body you have all these parts and you can get down smaller and smaller and smaller, but it's all part of something bigger. And then you have solar systems, the moon, uh, everything, Oort cloud, Kuiper belt, working in conjunction, and that's just one little local area. And then on top of that, you have all these stars and planets and stuff in the galaxy. What's really bizarre about the galaxy is that as the galaxy turns, the planets on the furthest out turn at the same rate as the planets furthest in. Or stars, I should say. Stars. Okay. Probably. So that means it's like a dinner plate. That means these things out here are moving exponentially faster than the ones closest in. And if like everything works the way we think it works, it would be the opposite. Because if you look at our solar system, the planets closest in orbit the most quickly, and the planets furthest out orbit oh, the most slowly. Against gravity. Yes. 
And I think dark energy and dark matter have an enormous amount to do with that. Um, if you look at the map that they took, I think it's called the, uh, the Millennial Run of Dark Matter uh, and the way it's distributed from what we can observe um, in the universe. It looks like the neurons in a brain. Mm. It's interconnected and there are gaps and spaces in between, but there are always streams of this stuff. And this is a, this is a trans-dimensional or hyper-dimensional matter source or at least gravitational source. And, and that alone, I mean, everything is energy ultimately. It's a, right. it's a different kind of energy source. And then dark energy is a whole other ballgame on its own because it moves faster than the speed of light. And so we have this huge puzzle in front of us, like everything right here in front of us. And, you know, it mimics our very brain in a way as we grow. So like this whole thing to me, I, I, I just, I can't conceive of it yeah. not being... An, an entity of sorts, nothing like anything we could comprehend with right. our tiny little monkey brains. All right, but it does. I I don't I don't think that denying so that is I, healthy either. I got a handful of questions based on that, but yeah. But first of all, let me just explain my understanding of Gaia, okay. which is separate from this idea of energy. So. I believe his name was, well, Lovelock for sure. I think it was James is his first name, but he's a scientist and he put, he puts together this, this, this report called the Gaia hypothesis. And basically what he said is that there's fundamental scientific principles, which prove that the earth behaves as like, it has like homeostasis, just like humans. Yeah. Do. It's uh, like morphogenetics is a really big part of that. So Basically, as, as, as I understand it, like, like the earth goes through normal cycles of climate change and, and it, it, it responds with, with mammals. So basically me and you, I mean, chemists will tell, I mean, I, I'm not a scientist, so I'm, I'm just repeating shit that I've read and maybe it sounds moronic, but whatever. But we, we essentially, I mean, obviously we're mostly releasing carbon dioxide. We're also releasing water, releasing all this shit through breath and our behavior and all this different shit, which, which... Uh, interferes with the atmosphere around us and mammals do i mean animals do this so animals are releasing are doing this gas exchange constantly right which is affecting the air which is affecting the sky which is affecting everything and the, and the idea is is that on a broad scale like you look at the pleistocene and all these ice ages and things the earth response create like there was a huge bloom in mammals during the Pleistocene, which is counterintuitive. This idea that like, like the place is covered in ice, mammals thrive in warm environments. I mean, you can argue that, but like more or less like no one thrives in ice, right? Like, <laughs> like, so, so like, so like the idea, like, yes, like man, you can mammoths, whatever, but like, but like ultimately like a mammoth would rather chill on a beach probably. The point is, is that like, like, so all of these mammals bloom during the Pleistocene uh, and it ultimately changed atmospheric gas, which warmed the earth, which, and then all of a sudden the earth gets too hot, which ultimately provides drought, which provides food scarcity, which kills off mammals, which means less uh, atmospheric change, which means more ice. You know what I mean? So like the yeah. earth, the earth sort of has a balancing act where it can control its internal temperature based on who lives on it. Absolutely. Which is Gaia. 
Yeah. Right, which is homeostasis, which is what our what warm-blooded mammals do, which is like which is like we're always at 96 point whatever <laughs> based on the bacteria that lives within us. Yeah. Which means that earth is essentially an organism which controls the organisms within it, which controls its temperature, which is what humans do or yeah. or what all mammals do. So, so <laughs> I guess very so, well put, like so, very well put. So I guess my question for you is that to me that means that yeah, like I I believe that this exists. Is it a sentient being? Does it have a consciousness? Yes, absolutely. I would argue no. And this again, <laughs> like it goes back to Christianity. Like, like literally, like, like, like this is me and you. Is I think most people would think like 90, 90 This is me and you in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Is that ninety percent of people would say Gaia doesn't exist? Me and you are the ten percent that would say Gaia exists, <laughs> but we differ on the one creator versus no creator like that's me and you in a nutshell where it's like we're actually like 90 percent the same but the 10 percent we disagree on is that's it's beautiful. it always goes down to this yeah it's beautiful this is really like the fundamental aspect and yes. i'm not trying to convince you of anything it's just it's just and me neither i'm not trying to convince you of anything yeah either. i know and yes. that's what's so beautiful hey everyone uh can we not just talk like this as human beings like is that really so difficult is it really I mean, if there was no tension, there would, there would be no progress. If you didn't have any sort of, uh, even in an environmental sense, in an intellectual sense, anything, if you were just stuck at perfect harmony all the time, why would you ever seek something more? There has to be that tension. There has to be. There has to be. I mean, it's important as a human race, but with, with like quantum mechanics, like I really understand... It doesn't now. Sentient. How is Gaia conscious? Yeah, like literally okay. how. So, how are how are you conscious? Like I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew. I hate it. I hate that I'm conscious. <laughs> I hate that I suffer because I'm conscious. I don't fucking know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I see everything, everything, as a tuning fork to consciousness. Now this is why I look at it this way because. You know, with the double slit experiment, it makes a wave when you don't observe it. It makes particle spots when you do. And that means that a wave is coming in and a wave is coming out and interacts with each other. Okay? And that that interaction, that point where they meet, creates a particle. Alright? So, if anything and everything, even a camera has consciousness, like... And then you could go beyond that. This is interacting with another wave principle to form it. And it's our observation that creates the object, but other things can observe it as well. I think of everything fundamentally as consciousness. That is the ultimate like, thing. Because the third. The ultimate spectrum. Yeah, the, the third uh, way to create the universe that I didn't like explain earlier from a sentient being. Well, actually, I did. Yeah, is is imagination. It's a mental projection, and that seems to be what everything is. I mean, this is undeniably it's Plato's cave again. Ninety nine percent empty space. Yes. Well, I can touch He's it. I can a rum bottle. Rum bottle. <laughs> uh, any of this stuff. It it has an impact on the world, and the thing. Looking back at it, like I always think to myself. That if there is a creator and they knew everything about everything, that's one aspect. Knowledge is one aspect. But knowledge is not experience. And I think of us as the windows 
through which this all, you know, omniscient, om, omnipotent, omnipresent being experiences itself. The creator. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. You know, the all, the creator, source, I God. I spirit supreme. Spirit supreme, anything you want. Anything you want. Like, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same concept. I, I see us as the organism through which it experiences its own knowledge. Would you extrapolate that Gaia is operating on a higher or lower level of sentience than we are? I don't like to look at anything as lower or higher. I like to look at it as side to side. It's it's but like uh, we're higher than a camera, right? I'm it it's side to side. So it depends on the parameters through which you measure that level of consciousness. Yeah, so I get with that. us with the camera like it can capture images much more efficiently. Like the human memory is not nearly as efficient as, uh, you know, even the camera on your cell phone. You can capture that image forever. So in that oh, sense... Oh, shit. And in that sense, it's in a way higher. And in another sense, it's Damn in a way lower, lower because it can't, it can't genuinely... I hate it when you change my opinion like that. <laughs> it can't genuinely, <laughs> like, look at its own life and experience so you're saying that guy can essentially accomplish so much more than we can but so much less than we can depending on how you look absolutely at and that's how Kyle, every that's how everything is i hate that that when you convince me of that that shit's conscious and shit. <laughs> i hate when you convince me that god's real and shit i i All right. yeah would you claim the guy is too an intended to god or how does that work oh absolutely everything is literally everything everything well because everything's god yeah it couldn't be anything else not just a god, a mental projection you from know, a being that we consider to be god or source or spirit. You or know, and maybe I already said this earlier in this very same podcast, but you know, I, I brought this argument of yours that we're all have the potential to be sorcerers and we're all antennas to God. I told that straight up to Corey, like word for word. And I can't, did I already say this to you? No. In this podcast, I can't remember. No. But his, but, but his response was, yeah, and that's and that's this is where I got the idea that that hell has a place for false prophets. They're like essentially like yeah, like like the idea that he's like he's like he's like when he said when the Messiah shows up, every head will bow, every knee will whatever bend, like, yeah, and every knee will bend. <laughs> but then, but you know what's crazy about that? Before you even respond, yeah, is that Corey contradicted himself within like almost a minute when he said that. I said, well, wait, like, didn't Jesus have? Like, isn't the whole reason why he hung on the cross was because he had so many opponents? So the whole idea of, like, every head will bow, every knee will bend is, like, fucking fake when, like, he had his, 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 like, support ratio was whack. Like, most people hated him. And he said, yeah. And his response to that was, yeah, his own brother Peter lived in the house. And his, his own brother Peter was a Jew. And he was like, yeah, you, you're not God. Like, obviously you're not God. But then I'm like, so which is it? You got to re remember, a lot of what he's talking about there is from either the Old Testament or from uh, the revelations of John of Patmos. John of Patmos was exiled to Patmos, hence the name John of Patmos. And he wrote this book with all kinds of crazy iconography, sim symbolism, um, and, and, you know, an esoteric meaning behind it. And a lot of people interpret it literally, and it's not meant to be literal. I truly believe that if you look at Jesus the Christ, a man who 
heals the sick, you know, feeds and clothes the poor, doesn't take anything from himself. Uh, he just tries to help people. That's what he does. That's his whole life. Mm-hmm. All right. That is not just a man named Jesus the Christ. Mm-hmm. When it talks about the returning of Christ, it, and especially if you really investigate the alternative uh, um, interpretations of the old text, this is talking about a consciousness level. This is talking about a state of being. This is talking about a man that was so unique in a barbar- barbaric age. All right? And even if he didn't exist, God damn it, like, it doesn't matter. His, his ideology, his philosophy exists. Or that consciousness exists. And that, when used properly, when not extrapolated and beat down and misinterpreted and used from far lesser-minded people to justify hatred or any sort of any of that if you really look at it it's it, that that's peace on earth everybody respecting each other we don't have to agree i don't want you to go hungry you don't want me to go hungry let's share let's hang out let's you know stop killing each other like let's uh, just just be humans that you go so far to say that Corey is blasphemous Almost to that idea? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I would... No qualms with that. Because it, it is. They always forget that. They forget it. They forget it because it's literally pounded into their brains. you got to understand, I've had these conversations with these sort of people so many times. I would invite Mormons into my home kick back and smoke a bong in front I just of them. record one. Like, like yeah, like talking to them. And I think a few of them walked away like, shit, man, maybe we don't fucking know. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, uh, because it, even use it, like, you can use so much of the stuff in there. If you're going to accept that it's all true, you can use so much of the stuff in there I feel like against my, itself. My, and people like us should be president. So I, here, so I guess not to not to sound crazy. I'm just saying like people that are willing to actually actively investigate ideas and 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 not just stick to one ideology for personal gain well, or this or that. I would almost like argue that no one should be president because that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. It is. But if someone had to be. If someone had to be. I don't understand why they have to be, because people act like, well, people will go rape and murder in the street. I mean, like, how many times have you been in, you know, a situation where, like, people have been that that dark? I mean, it does happen, but we overemphasize that. I think that humanity in general is actually, like, inherently good. No, No baby is born into this world and picks up a knife at the age of one right. and tries to stab somebody or never something. Happened, like, it yeah. never, never happened, ever. That's something that is incurred upon them, that they learn, and that is, it's also their responsibility and fault. I'm not denying blame for them. I'm just saying, like, we forget that humanity, the universe, nature, everything is inherently benevolent. Right. It is inherently benevolent. So, like, I, I, I would, I would choose to believe so. I have to believe but so. But a lot of people don't. I mean, and not, not to make it like, 
kind of cringy on this level, but like like just like the simple ideas of like welfare and government support. It's like I, I just happen to believe that people are good in their heart, and a lot of people, most conservatives, believe that like you know like people are like uh, like like just shitty in their heart, and they take advantage yeah. of things in their heart, and they're not providers in their heart. And I just happen to disagree with that like wholeheartedly. Like, I, I feel like how many people do you know that are sponges? Like I know some. But not most. Most people I know want want to help people, and they do. And they they don't just want to help people; they do. But it's for some reason the energetic impact of one of these people that that are toxic that that um, you genuinely believe. Oh, the, you know, the human race is in a, uh, going to hell in a handbasket, and we're we're all bad. We need rules. We need. We, you know, no drugs, like all this kind of crazy rhetoric, it m- makes a stronger impact because for whatever reason, that energetic current cuts more deeply right now. And I think it's because if you well, look... it has for a long time. Yeah, if you look back at our history, yeah. like we're very sensitive to that. And I, that's why I really truly believe looking at the younger generations, looking at the trend of people, you know that are you know, dying off and reincarnating right. or whatever happens. Um, like how we're headed. Yeah. yeah, how their ideologies are diminishing. And you look at, you know, now we have the internet and it can be used for great evil and great good. It just depends on how the person uses it. But uh, the undeniable fact of the matter is that if you have the right apparatus, you can talk to anybody in the world if you wanted to. Anybody. Anybody. So we have this global net of communication. Bernie Kanzler down in Arizona, who's who regularly speaks to Jesus face to face. You have to differentiate between, let's say, like the dream world and the real world, but they're both real. You you experience them both. They're they're real in different ways. They have a different impact. I I don't know about you, but I have really profound dreams, really intense dreams, and sometimes they can have and alter my mood for a day or even a week literally all I'm thinking about I wrote down one of my dreams one time and I went 107 pages mm. and it was it was like weeks in my mind and it was so vivid and so real that I you know I well, it goes down to the fucking flower about how yeah the, the, there is no objective truth outside of us we yeah the truth exactly and I really yeah. do believe that we're always even shifting though I to don't it. believe in God I do believe in that for sure well if, I mean you don't have to call it God but right. that truth in itself in a way of thinking is God what yeah. else would it be the cumulative uh the cumulative substance of experience. Yeah, I mean, I just tend to look at it as like, and this is gonna sound corny, but like, like the sangha, like the Buddhist community of like, of like, we are all like empty jewels on the net. Like that, that is really what I believe it is. Like, I don't know, dude. It's like, but the whole net and all the jewels. What is that? See, like, I've never really looked at it as like a whole. It's Indra's net, but Indra's in the god realm, which I don't really think exists. So yeah, he's a, I think, he's a, I think he's it's a like David. A, but I, I hope, dude. I hope. I hope that I'm a god, and I hope I chose to be whatever the fuck I am. This corny blonde fucking weirdo. Like, <laughs> I really hope I chose this, and I chose to have my memory wiped. I really hope that that's the case. But I think realistically, whatever I was before I was born, that's what I am after I'm born. Like or after I die. Like that's what I am. 
Like, 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 that's the thing is like with Christianity and all these things, like, like either one of two things happen. Either I started just like anyone starts, like a plant starts and I'll die just like anything starts, like a blade of grass ends, like that's how I'll end. Or I willingly chose to have my memory wiped. It's one of those two things. So you know what I know what it for sure is not? I know it for sure is not I was started like a blade of grass starts and this is like a fat standardized test to decide my eternity. Oh, absolutely not. I know it's not <laughs> yeah, that. Definitely I know, not that. I know it's either I know it's either I know it's either I started and I'll end the same way. Or I started in quote marks because I convinced myself I started when in reality it's a fabricated simulation. Yeah. I believe it's one of those two things, which is why I guess I'm an agnostic. Yeah. And... and it's one of those two things. Like, it can't there, be anything else. It has to be one of those two. It doesn't. There's a third possibility. What's the third? The, the, what I've been talking about is that the, the dew drops and the web and the flow is the same thing. And you're constantly just hitching a ride on one of those vehicles. Because it, it, what I'm saying is like literally everything is, is, is source consciousness. It's, it's, it's spirit. It's God. It's whatever you want to call it. I think me and you are so close to agreeing because I do believe that we're all the same and it's all how we act and react to each other is how we're different. Yeah. Right? So I, I think like we agree in the same way. Like, like the difference is that, is that all of us create one big thing and that's God. Whereas I believe it's one big chaotic fucking mess. Like that's the difference. Well, that yeah, that's what I'm saying though. It is one big chaotic and fucking chaotic mess. mess is but God. It, it's it's ultimately perfect though. It's perfectly chaotic. Like look at it is perfectly chaotic. Look at you know look at the human body, the brain, the neurons, everything like that. I'm not denying that. I'm saying like imagine yourself. Uh, what would you look like as a thought in your brain? Moving along the neurons to neurons to neurons mm -hmm. and, and then being stored. Mm -hmm. And isn't that something similar to birth to death? And if the universe looks like that when you extrapolate it to its whole, just even based on the technology we have, isn't that pretty close to, you know, birth to death? Like the whole thing. I find that, you know, a lot of times with like natural... Uh, DMT trips was through meditation or sonic influence or anything like that. They seem to be in a trajectory of your long-standing beliefs and just enhance them. Now, if if you smoke DMT or if you're in a laboratory and get it injected in you, it shatters everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Well, everybody needs the same characters. Well, yeah, like, you, there is like, like explain. Tell me, there's not a god realm when everyone meets the same characters. Well, the every everybody does absolutely. I want to meet Mother Ayahuasca. Like I haven't met oh, her yet. Oh, she she can be. She's I I she's hardcore. I I did that and I wouldn't say disrespected, but I I definitely. Um, didn't understand the depth of what I was getting into with Mother Ayahuasca. And she is a very serious entity. And, it, you know, people that hear this that haven't done it, your opinion doesn't fucking matter. This is going to sound so cringy to people who have never done psychedelics, but I've been in the spirit world. Yeah, where it's like, absolutely. Where it's like, where it's like I've never met any spirits. 
but I've been in the spirit world where it's like, oh, I realize that like this shit is like what we're doing right now is bullshit. Like we're we're puppets. Yeah. <laughs> like and I and I and I've seen that, but I haven't met any characters. And like the idea that the fact that everybody who comes at this in different angles meets similar characters yeah. is like something. That's something, man. It, it is. It's it's undeniable. And, I, and I'll be able to talk about it a lot more articulately once I've done. It. I was in a very traditional setting. Um and with other people and uh it it is it's it's ubiquitous and a lot of these other people had done it several times before and it's ubiquitous with them like it it can be more challenging and and more painful but it dep- it really depends on like ayahuasca and dmt dmt is more of like you show up in another space and they're like, oh my god, we're so glad you found this technology. Check all this crazy fucking shit out that you can't even wrap your mind around. Or, uh, yeah, and uh, like, because they only have a short amount of time. And Mother Ayahuasca is more of like, you know, sometimes you did stupid shit when you were a kid and you needed to get your butt spanked real quick, you know? Just a little smack in the grand scheme of things. Mother Ayahuasca is more like that. She, she's, and it's not always terrifying. It can be even more beautiful and long lasting, but it's more of what you need than just this experience. Because with DMT, I feel like you get to this like waiting room with these beings, but I've also experienced being transcendent to that i've experienced being here and there at the same time which is really bizarre it feels like your consciousness is split um ayahuasca is more of like a journey and you purge you know you might you you're definitely probably gonna puke you're gonna um maybe like have to you know go to the bathroom diarrhea you know pissing like because there is it worth it? Yeah. I mean it really really is. And I I'm just genuinely for real talking about how the experience is for a lot of people, but that's only one aspect of it. There's another aspect of yourself that has been just stripped away from your body and every, you know, if you're puking every time you uh 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 you feel like shadows coming out of yourself. You feel darkness. Demons, yeah. yeah, literally coming out of yourself. And it's not pleasant, but it is at the same time. You know, like nobody was like, wakes up in the morning, like, you know, it'd be cool today if I threw up all day. That's like my favorite pastime. Right. Uh, it's more of just like, it's so cleansing. It's so purifying. And you, you are just expelling this you know literal liquid substance but it's just like laden with negative energy and you can feel it leaving your body and i would say twice ever where i've done enough shrooms where i've been like i understand life in a different way where it's like it's just different 
where it's just like, oh, all of a sudden my physical body doesn't matter. <laughs> and all, and again, like I haven't met any ubiquitous characters. I've never met any gods or anything, but I, I've just like understood energy in a different way when I've done shrooms. And again, like I'm really high and then I sober up. So it's like, I, I and again, that's why I'm still in this place of like, I can't confirm anything. So I don't fucking know, but I'm just saying like, like what, what the lore of time immemorial preaches of spirit worlds. I've hit somewhere that kind of is reminiscent of that. That's what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. And even if you haven't hit that, it doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean it's not there. You know? Whenever you're talking about uh, anything that you haven't experienced, it's a really, really dangerous slippery slope. And I mean, with, with ayahuasca, oh, buddy, believe me, in one way, shape, or form, or another, you will you will cross over. And there are some things, you know, it's, it's just that because we've made all these things illegal, man, and, and they have huge, hugely beneficial, uh, beneficial um, uh, properties oh my God. for people. Bro, don't even get me started on this. I'm sure I've, I've given you this whole speech before, but you, have I told you I found psychedelic uh, mushrooms on, on Western's campus? Like, yeah. Meet in between classes. I, I'll find them growing in between the bricks there. Dude, I yeah, pick them. Literally, and, and I and, and well, and, actually, for real, pick them. Yes. No. Yes. 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 I've t I've eaten the ones that I found. Yes. It's like okay, so they grow naturally in between the bricks of Western Washington University, and that's legal, right? Like, there's no law against mushrooms living, right? <laughs> and and it's legal for me to pick them up because there's no there's no law against humans lifting. Yeah. And there's legal. And I can put them to my lips because there's no law against kissing as long as it's consensual. <laughs> but as soon as I open my lips and put it inside, oh, now not only is it illegal, but it's like a class one drug and I can go to jail. Yeah. It's a felony. Yeah. If you have enough of these mushrooms, it's a felony anyway. But, it's so ridiculous. But bro, like, I'm just telling you in between fucking English 341 and the library, they're just living. Really? Well, not even to Western's campus, but just Washington in general. Like, this is this is the psilocybin mushroom capital of the world. That's one of the really bizarre things about the native cultures here is that, like, a lot of native cultures that grow up around psychedelics utilize them one way or another. I mean, ayahuasca is made from, you know, two completely different plants. Uh, Psychotria viridis and Benisteriopsis copy, like... But they they didn't use these mushrooms, but there are they are all over the place. I think some of the strongest well, the thing mushrooms is like, is like in what well, we talk about the, we talk about the tribes, which is why like it'd be good to have Ben here because he knows more about it than I do. But yeah. like, but like when you talk about when you talk about Lummi, Nooksack, Coast Salish tribes, mushrooms is not deep in their lore, which is very no. surprising. It when, is when, when like when like this is actually like like they're more ubiquitous here than anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really it's really actually a. You gotta respect them more. Like they saw these, they lived in these spiritual planes without psychedelics. They 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 got there on fasting. They got there on meditation, which is Buddhist principles too, whether they've admitted or not. Yeah, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is definitely. I mean, I, I don't know if any first like First Nations or Coast Salish people would be like, oh yeah, like we subscribe to Buddhist principles, but you you'd have to be you have to point out the similar. Like they're very similar, actually. Yeah. I mean, all all sorts of like sensory deprivation and and like you know, fasting, like you said, and all of that kind of thing. It, it has been, and that's but, how they reached enlightenment too. But 
and they learned about the god realms too.